just past the top of the hour. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the RPR Network. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Tim Buren of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. We're here at the Diocese of Winona, Rochester Pastoral Center in beautiful Winona, Minnesota on a Friday morning. And we are also joined in studio by Monsignor Tom Melvin, who is the Vicar General for the Diocese here. And we are joined by a, a bearded you are a bearded vicar general. You came back from vacation. You surprised us all. Yes, I went on a little fishing vacation with a priest friend, and I decided that I wasn't going to shave during vacation, and the experiment of not shaving is continuing, and if it looks good after a while, it'll stay. If not, I'll be back to my clean-shaven self by Christmas. I, uh, I always love seeing bearded gospel men, you know, quote-unquote, and uh, you're, you are really rocking the beard. I mean, this is really a formidable thing. This is just, what, two, week, two three weeks growth? Actually, it's the three-week anniversary of the beard today. <laughs> okay. And uh, we, that's, a, that's a great thing to come back from Montana from. You did some fly fishing and some I, other stuff? I did, yeah. Well, mostly fly fishing. That's one of my biggest hobbies. So I met a priest friend from Kansas came up, and we uh, fished about three different rivers out in Montana and had a great time. And, you know, with the beard, I thought maybe I'd come back with a little more wisdom because that kind of represents wisdom in those Old Testament prophets. So I thought I'd have more wisdom to give to the diocese and that beard as it grows. Well, what do you think? How's it working so far? Well, so far, so good. But, you know, I've only been back a week. Okay. <laughs> well, Monsignor, why don't you, uh, first of all, tell us just a little bit about yourself and for our listeners that may not know you yet. Sure. Uh, born and grew up in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, of course, I have a mom and a dad. I have one brother who's a few years younger than I am. Um, went to, actually went to um, public schools in Rochester, graduated from John Marshall High School. Uh, was involved in some sports and mostly music. That was kind of my talent when I was in high school. Played in a bunch of different bands, marching band, concert band, pep band when I was in high school. Um, I'd always been a server at St. Francis of Assisi Catholic Church, where it's my home parish in Rochester. And it was probably after high school, a little while, maybe about a year, that I thought about coming to the seminary. So I went to the seminary, uh, found it uh, not really a place I liked. So I stayed a whole semester and then left with no intention to come back. So after I left the seminary, I um, enlisted in the U.S. Navy, did an enlistment in the Navy. And as I like to say, I saw half the world. So I got to see half the world and most of the water in it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of water. Yeah. So, but it was a it was a very good experience and kind of a time of growing up for me. Came back from the Navy, uh, took my money from the GI Bill, and went to college at the University of Minnesota in Duluth to study biology and chemistry. With maybe the intent of being a teacher or maybe just being a scientist, I wasn't quite sure. And then during my time there, I got a student job working for the Environmental Protection Agency. And I liked that job, and after I graduated, I stayed and worked in that job for a little while, and then the Lord kept sort of knocking on the door, said it's time to come back um, to the seminary. And uh, it was, and this is why I really think prayer is so important in people's lives, is like just my experience of coming back to the seminary, my vocation, was it was really in prayer that the Lord spoke very clearly that this is what he wanted for me. I remember being at the EPA lab one day. I was doing some routine experiments that weren't so exciting. And I was just thinking, is this going to be the rest of my life? And I just sort of prayed right on the spot, Lord, is this going to be the rest of my life? And I got a sense that it wasn't supposed to be the rest of my life. 
So I went home after work that day, went up to my bedroom, and I'd always been in the habit of praying. You know, it's a habit that my parents taught my brother and I that we always prayed, especially before we went to bed at night. So I knelt down by my bed, and I remember I didn't say any rote prayers that I knew, but I just said to Jesus, I said, Jesus, if you want me to go back to the seminary, I'll go. And it was an instant sense of peace, an instant like weight taken off my shoulders, an instant knowing that I'm supposed to go back to the seminary. Well, that scared the heck out of me. <laughs> of course. So I dragged my feet for about six months, you know. Well, was that real? You know, how can we do those things? We have these experiences of God, and was that real? Or maybe I was just making that up, but no, it was real. So I found myself back here in Winona at Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary, and after some time there, some time in a parish, and then theology school was ordained a priest in 2001 on May 26th. So um, it was great. Seminary that time, I found just to be extremely enriching and period of growth, both in my academics and my spiritual life, and, and just a greater growing knowledge that God wanted me to be as priest. So after ordination, I was assigned as the associate at St. Pius in Rochester and taught at Leward High School. And then from then on, I'd have to have the official accounting of all my assignments because I became vocation director. I became, uh, with that, also the chaplain at the Newman Center here at Winona State. Eventually, vicar for clergy, did spiritual direction at the seminary was uh, administrator of uh, the Rolling Stone Cluster for a while, then became rector of the seminary, and then out of the blue one day, about four years ago, Bishop shows up at the seminary and says, you're going to leave here and become the vicar general? And I'm like, really? He's like, yep. (laughs) And I told him, I said, I don't know how to do that job, but uh, if you're willing to be patient, I guess we're good to go. So here I am. Uh, We have a wonderful bishop here as well, a wonderful man to serve, a successor of the apostles, and and you have some delegated power from him to uh, to be the the vicar general and also the moderator of the curia. So you're my direct boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you're doing a fine job. Thank so. you very much. I was fishing for that. Actually, <laughs> uh, speaking of fly fishing, um, you know, we're talking about prayer, and my I have a tendency to want to watch shows that are kind of like adventure type shows. My, my kids and I were getting into lately these, these shows like Survivor Man, Man vs. Wild, where you've got these extreme adventures, people trying to survive out in the wilderness alone, and that's, they, they're thrill seekers, adventure seekers. And a lot of the stuff that you get from these shows is very useful if you're in that kind of situation. But then eventually the show ends, and you're left with, okay, what's next? Is this really all the adventure that life has to give? And well, I think it was one of my seminary professors who he said the real adventure is interior. It's prayer. And that never gets exhausted. Is that, that part of the reason why, what attracted you to the priesthood? Um, yes. And it, what really attracted me to the priesthood is once, I, once through prayer I can't, started to come to know Jesus more personally. And this may sound strange, but as a real person. Jesus as a real person, not as a concept, not as a a painting or a statue, but as a real person who wanted to have a friendship with me, that all of a sudden my heart, like it flipped. And I said, you know what? I'd not only want this Jesus, I want people to know that they can have this kind of a friendship with you. 
And a couple things um, have really drawn me into prayer and even kind of the way I try to live my life as a priest is that is that friendship, is that when you look at the crucifix, Jesus wanted to be there for us. The love that Jesus has for us, the love of a friend to help a friend out of a situation that they can't get out of themselves. We couldn't get out of sin and death ourselves. So the Father sent his Son, our Savior, our friend, who had the ability, the love, to lift us from that situation in our life, out of our own sin, out of the grasp of of death, and to bring us into new life. And I really wanted, I wanted that friendship with him to grow, and I wanted to be as far into that and in the depths of that friendship as possible. I used to sit in scripture classes, and maybe Father Tim can because we went to the same theology school and we had great scripture professors, but it used to frustrate me when they used to just talk about the grammar and all those kind of things. I'm like, yeah, but how does this help me know Jesus better? You know, mm-hmm. how does this help me know Jesus better? And I found that avenue was prayer to, to sit down in front of him in the chapel at Mundelein Seminary. And there he is in the, in the tabernacle and to say, Lord, here I am. I open my heart to you. I want to know you. And I want you to know me. And, you know, that started with like things like the rosary going deeper into his life in those mysteries. It started with things of being taught how to pray the Our Father and the Hail Mary and the Glory Be by my parents. And then it began to begin letting the scriptures grasp me in prayer and then me sort of opening my life. Not afraid to open up the areas of my life where I knew that I was a sinner. The areas of my life that I knew I was wounded and broken and letting Jesus enter into that. And it sounds really simple when you just talk about it here. But the process of that, of coming to trust God's love more and more and being embraced by it even more strongly and, and enfolded in the love of Christ crucified and the love of Christ risen from the dead. I mean, to me, that's the core of prayer. That you're drawn into this friendship of love that never ends. You can't get to the bottom of it. You can't get to the edges of it. It's all-encompassing, and it's carrying me from my whole life here and into eternity. And uh, there was one thing. We had this uh, Jesuit priest as our morals professor at Mundelein, and he was uh, kind of a cranky guy. He'd been an army chaplain in Vietnam. <laughs> and, and I remember him saying, listen, guys, once you're baptized, all ahead of you is life. And that struck me. And I said, well, then how do I live that life? How do I live in that? And prayer's the answer. Mm. Of course, you know, our private prayer that we spend time with Jesus every day, our public prayer when we go and celebrate sacraments, especially the Eucharist, that intimate prayer of the sacrament of penance and reconciliation where I'm able to open my wounds to Jesus and I receive his healing, his forgiveness, and I walk out of there new and fresh and healed. It's just amazing. Um, I, I just, I just can't infinite. If I could just talk about prayer for the rest of my priesthood, I'd be fine with that. Just put the administration aside and <laughs> some of the other stuff, and say, "Hey, Father, you want to just talk about prayer for the rest of your life?" Sure. Yeah, you can. You can never exhaust it, F- Father Beeren. Can you address? Well, I gotta say, you know, Monsignor Melvin, uh, early two thousands, we were at a gathering. I don't know if you recall this. 
and it was a young clergy gathering and we were doing some sharing from our heart. And in the context of your sharing, the Lord was prompting on my heart. I had this desire to have what you have um, at that moment. So I, I asked you, I'm like, how, how are you able to articulate, you know, this, this type of prayer? And, and I just really, I, I had this desire to have what you have. And so um, I just want to thank you because you inspired me to go deeper in my own prayer life. And, and I know that one of the one of the avenues of that was the Institute for Priestly Formation that you had recommended. And, mm-hmm. and can you tell us a little bit about your involvement with that program? Sure. The Institute for Priestly Formation, and I don't remember the year it was founded, but they're headquartered um, kind of in cooperation with uh, the campus at Creighton University. And, they, and it started by me going as a seminarian to a 10-week spirituality program and really being taught how to pray, how to sit down in front of the Lord in prayer and to talk about um, myself with him and be open to listen to what he has to me. And I took my first eight-day retreat there, silent eight-day retreat that was transformative for my life. And um, the Institute for Priestly Formation facilitated for me this new life of prayer that I, it it took me to a depth I hadn't experienced before and I didn't want to go back into the shallow water. And so what happened is, after I was ordained, they had a program to train spiritual directors. I asked Bishop Harrington at the time to do that. He allowed me to do that. And then I got asked by them to teach in some of their programs. First, to teach in their seminary and summer program. I taught a prayer and virtue class. And then eventually helped teach the spiritual direction class to other priests. And... What happened to me there was I started to really realize that the combination of my personal prayer and my life of sacraments and trying to live out a life of charity and justice for the Lord, that prayer was the glue that held all that together. And that me spending time with the Lord and deepening in this friendship with Him in everyday prayer. And if uh, if you take away anything from what I got to say, it's this, it's... It's that consistency in prayer is more important than the amount of time you spend. If you can commit yourself to five minutes a day, every day, the Lord will work marvels in your life. And he will grow in you that friendship and that love, and you will be transformed in him. Excellent. Father Tom, or Monsignor Tom Melvin, we're out of time this morning, but thanks for joining us talking about prayer. 